Welcome back to Aliyah Yomeh. Today we are going to be learning Devarim Shishi, the sixth Aliyah in Parshas Devarim. Our Aliyah takes us 21 Psukim from Beis Lamed Aleph to Gimel Yudalet. The main idea of our Aliyah is the conquest of the East Bank of the Jordan. Uh, but let's take a look at a basic summary and then we'll look at a few points to ponder. So we hear that Hashem tells Moshe that he has not, he not yet started giving the nations to the land of Israel up till this point. Uh, but now it's starting. Sichon comes out in battle. Remember, he refuses to, the, the, the proposal of, of allowing the nation of Israel through his land. They come out to a place called Yatza, and Hashem allows Israel, and they beat them, capture his cities, bespoil them, leaving no survivors. Just the animals are taken captive. And we're told that the area is from Aral Er to the valley of Arnon until Gilad. There's not a single city which was not uh, captured. They then went to the Bashan, which is the area we know as today as the Golan Heights. And Og came out to battle in Edrei. Hashem told Moshe, do not fear Og, because he'll be vanquished like Sichon was vanquished. And so it was, they beat down Sichon and his people. They captured all his cities, including the 60 cities in the belt and the belt of Argav, um, the strip of Argav. Um, all of them were great and very strong cities, in, in addition to the many open cities as well. Once again, there were no survivors, and the spoils um, were, 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 were taken as well. They now control, Israel now controls from Amo, uh, Arnon, all the way to Hermon, and we hear as an aside that Hermon, which is the Mount Hermon as we know today, was called Shirion by the Sidonim, and the Emirates call it Snir, which actually says related to the word snow, which is still snow today. And uh, the, we now also hear another footnote that Og is the last of the giants, the last of the Rufaim. In fact, we hear about his bed, which was in the area of Rabbas Bnei Amman, and it was nine cubits long, roughly 18 feet, and four arms wide in, hu in human cubits. Finally, we learn that the area of Sichon is given to the, to the tribes of Gad and Ruvain, and the area of Og was given to the half of the tribe of Menashe. Yair, the son of Menashe, then goes on makes further conquests, and he gets a lot of the land in the Argov Strip, um, an area called, which he names Chavos Yair. Now, let's go a little further into some of the, uh, the, the questions. So, a few basic questions. Now, why is there so much attention given to, the, to, to this repetition? Meaning, we've heard all about this in the last parashios of, we heard about this in Chukas, we learned about this in Matos Masay. Why is so much being given to this repetition? So, we hear a few extra details. As an example, Rashi makes a comment based on some of the Pesukim, that the stun, sun stood still in the battle against Og. So, not only was it a natural battle, but it was a supernatural battle. Rashi also points out that it wasn't just the military that was winning, it was even the spiritual minister. We know that every nation has a minister, and that minister was being squashed in heaven. So there was the, we'll call it the spiritual dominion which was occurring as well, and these are things which we learn from this version of it over here, which is important for Israel and their perception of how it's going to work when they enter the land of Israel. Another question. Why did Moshe need extra assurance against Og more than he needed against Sichon? So Rashi explains that Moshe was concerned that Og may have had merit because he was the palit, he was the refugee from the battle of the four and the five kings many, many moons back um, when Avram Avinu was informed that Lot had been taken captive. Og was that person who had informed them and therefore Moshe, Moshe felt that the zechus, the merit of that action would be something that would be, di would be difficult for him to fight against. It should be noted that, that Og was not doing that altruistically at the time. He had his eyes on Sarah, but nonetheless, even so, he was still given some form of merit. This shows us how far merit goes, even malintended merit. Um, why should there be no survivors? And Siv Rav Natalitsa Yodabur points out that this was the command of Hashem to eradicate everybody. We'll discuss more of this in the future 
parashiyas when we try to understand why it has to be such a, what seems in the word that we use today is genocide, but why does it need to be in such a way when it came to the seven nations of Canaan, Amorites being one of them. We'll try to discuss that in the future parashiyas. Now, why do we know the, why do we need to know the different names of Hermon? I mean, is it really relevant that the Torah needs to take up space? Telling us the, the, the Sidonim have one name for it, the Amorites have another name. So Rashi says to show the greatest of Israel. Look how many different nations have different names for the places in Israel. It's so important to them that all of them have names, even though they aren't really right there. The, the, the Sidonians are, are Phoenicians, they're on the coast, but they still have a name from, for Hermon. And I think this is fascinating in terms of today. Look how multicultural Israel is. Look how many cultures feel that they have a piece of the land of Israel, even if they came much later than, than, than Israel and the Jews. I mean, in terms of historically speaking. But nonetheless, people have a, have a, a, all feel that they have something or have a piece of history of Israel. And that is the, the beauty of the land of Israel as well. Now, why, how big was Og exactly? So the Ramban and the Sforna actually point out a shocking thing, and that is the Amos, the cubits who are measured, are not regular human being cubits. They're actually referred to his own cubits, giant cubits, which means he was absolutely huge as well. In fact, that's why his bed was made of iron, because a wooden bed wouldn't be strong enough to hold him up. It should be noted that the Rashbam, Rabbeinu Shmuel, disagrees and he says, no, it refers to um, human cubits, regular human cubits, which means so, so he was, you know, um, if it's nine amas tall, which is 18 feet tall, that's how long his bed was. You can imagine he was a very sizable fellow, I- 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 even so. Anyways, what, why was his bed in Ramas, Rabas Bede Amon? Amon is not his area. He lives in Bashan. So why was his bed all the way south? So Ramban says because it was a sign um, of, of who conquered the Amonim. So they kept his bed to sort of show that how powerful he was, and that's why they lost to him. The Rashbam says, no, that's where he grew up. And he, he knew that Israel had a command not to attack or even antagonize the Ammonim. So he sort of kept his refuge. This was his bunker was in Rabas the Ammon, lest he be attacked by the, by the nation of Israel. In the end of the day, it didn't really help him, but that was his intent, at least at the very beginning. With this, we close the sixth Aliyah. In the meantime, have a wonderful and meaningful day.